It has long been said that ideas are everything, especially in the startup world. But what if having a laser focus on your idea can actually hold your business back? In the Ideas Last podcast, Danielle Gillespie interviews startup founders whose success came from obsessively focusing on execution instead of ideation. Each episode dissects what it actually takes to build a long-lasting, profitable startup rather than simply launching one by putting your idea last. Welcome to Ideas Last, the podcast about turning initial sparks into big results. I'm your host, Danielle Gillespie, and I'm excited to learn how top entrepreneurs turn their sparks into thriving companies. Today, we're speaking with Emily Hoffman, founder of Wellery, a company that puts nutrition at the center of well-being and is attracting a lot of attention in the startup world. Emily, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to talk to you today for a couple of reasons. First, because I think that nutrition is super important to our well-being, but also because you're a female founder. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So could you just start us off by explaining um, to our listeners what your product is and what it does and how it works? Yeah, of course. So Wellery is the anti-diet nutrition app that connects consumers with nutritionists, dietitians, and health coaches all via our mobile app. We have a network of over 1,100 to over 1,000 nutrition experts across the country that is eager and keen on working with consumers to help them lose weight, to help them use food to eat healthy, to help them use food to gain mental clarity, to help them use food to decrease stress. And really, our mission is to bring the focus and bring the conversation into what we're eating and why. The company was built around the understanding that a healthy lifestyle is actually 80% what you put into your body and 20% what you do to it. There was so much out there surrounding fitness and exercise, which is so important. But our company is really focused on highlighting the importance of nutrition and what nutrition can do to really help you hit your health goals and help you focus on longevity. Yeah. So that's awesome. So if I were someone who wanted to create a nutrition plan, mm-hmm. what, how did, how would I get matched with somebody? How do I, when I go into the app, how do I sort of tailor what my needs are both spoken and unspoken to get matched with somebody? Yeah, that's a good question. So the short answer is you won't do any of the work. We will do it for you. Um, but how the app works is you create a profile. We ask you about 14 questions about yourself. That includes your current health goals. Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to decrease stress? Do you want to increase energy? Are you someone who has an autoimmune disease that diet can help to reduce symptoms? So we really are are understanding what's your goal and why. Then we figure out what's your lifestyle look like? What are past diets you've tried? What are your current eating habits? And then we understand your communication. Are you someone who communication preferences? Are you someone who wants direct and to the point feedback? Are you someone who's looking for more of a supportive coach? And through this onboarding, so through this profile of asking you questions, we actually have a back-end algorithm that will then match you with one of our nutrition coaches, so with one of our nutritionists. And then from there, very simple, we ask customers to do one of two things, which is one, photo share. So you're taking a picture of everything you're eating and sharing it with your nutritionist. And then two, logging your water. So what we can do over time is we can track your habits. So we can track your water intake. We can track your food intake. 
And then your coach, your nutritionist will actually be providing you with weekly habit goals that will start to ladder up to help you hit your larger goal, let's say, if that's weight loss. Our approach is very different than what exists in the market today because we take a very keen focus on sustainability and sustainable change. And so what that means is we actually have a proven seven-step process. We take our clients through breakfast, through lunch, through dinner, through dessert, through snacks, through drinks, and then through a movement or wellness exercise. And then through that plan, we are creating healthy habits for you. We are advising you on what to eat. We are providing you with recommendations on what to eat. And then at the end of that, you're guaranteed to, to hit your goals. So oh, wow. building an entire personalized plan for you and, and no, no input on your side on the plan, simply just sharing what you're eating and how you're feeling. So that's great. I mean, it, that, that would take a lot of friction out of, out of trying to find a nutrition coach or trying to set up a plan. I think that it can be very overwhelming. I mean, you know, first, first even recognizing that you, your wellness, you know, for the benefit of your wellness, you, you need a nutrition plan, but even once people identify that it's so hard to either find somebody to help you do that or to stay on a plan or to even understand, is this the right plan? Is it working? Is it not working? And then it's just easier to give up. <laughs> yes. I mean, the, the, we're really solving for a few things here. I would say first and foremost, one of the biggest challenges we see is accountability. So diet culture historically has been a very solo venture, which is I'm going to commit myself to 1200 calories every single day. And you go through this vicious mental cycle of did I hit that goal or did I not? No one's keeping you accountable to it. No one's on your team. You're just in your head every single day. And for the first time, what we're doing is we're providing our clients, our members with a teammate, a teammate to actually focus on their nutrition. We know team and social dynamics are so important towards success. We see that in family dynamics. We see that in the workplace dynamics. We see that in, in the sport and physical dynamics. And so for the first time, we're putting a coach with someone to focus on what you're eating in the nutrition dynamic. And behavioral psychology will suggest that you are 95% more likely to hit your goals simply by teaming up with someone. And so really what we're solving for is that loneliness that comes in diet culture, that loneliness that comes in, I don't know what to eat, who do I ask, where do I go? I've spent eight hours on Google. I, there's so much information out there. And we're really synthesizing that and drilling it down and saying, don't worry, Valerie's got you. We're going to give you the information you need that's hyper-personalized to you. And we're going to give you the support and guidance you need to make sure you have the right accountability to actually help you hit your goal because that's not going to happen overnight. And so that sweet spot or that secret sauce or that secret ingredient, if you will, of education and resources matched with expertise and support is a really powerful tool to actually make behavior change and help people lose weight, reduce inflammation and feel their best. Yeah, I, that's that's awesome. It's no wonder that you've been just having so much success with the platform because, I mean, it's just like you said, it's 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 that it's the component of having someone who's got your back and is supporting you and saying, you know, that you're doing a great job or maybe you had a bad day. Oh, well, get over it. Move on. Have a good yeah, day tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes all you need is that person to say, it's OK. Have your line. Have your chocolate cake. It's your birthday or it's a hard Friday night or whatever. But for the first time, Wellery is actually providing our clients with the opportunity to say, okay, you had a bad day yesterday or whatever. Balance is okay. Let's get you back on the right track on Saturday. And so, you know, here's 
foods that are detoxifying. Here's ingredients that are detoxifying. Here's the importance of hydration. You haven't drank water, by the way. Majority of the United States of America is dehydrated every single day. So the power of just telling somebody to be like, don't forget to drink water. Of course, you're lethargic today. You're dehydrated. That's really powerful. And that helps people actually lose weight and helps people get out of their own way. And by the way, most of the time, we're our, you know, we're our biggest uh, critic or we're our biggest problem, which is sometimes if we can just get out of our own way, we can get to where we want to be. And that's what Valerie is really solving for with the focus on nutrition. And we know that this exists in therapy. We know that this exists in fitness. We know that this exists in team, in the workplace, in family. And well, I reach the verse to say, yeah, but why when food is one of the most important things surrounding our health, why have we never had a team? Why have we never had a partner? Why have we never had the tools and expertise to help us do that? And that's what we're, that's what we're doing for our customers. I love it. It's amazing. What actually love listen up to you. I know I know you can tell by talking to you that you're just so excited and you really believe in this and you're very passionate about the whole idea, which I, I think is even it's so great to just see you this animated about your your product. It's awesome. <laughs> this doesn't um, even be animated. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I might be afraid to see you animated then. So what what was the initial spark for this idea? Like what was that moment that you were thinking, okay, I I really, I need to take this idea and, and release it into the wild. Yeah. Starting Wellery came from personal experience. When I was in college, I was terrified of gaining the freshman 15. And at the time did what mass media told me to do, which was go on a diet. And I'm a type A personality, do everything 150%. And so when I was dieting, I dieted like crazy and I was super restrictive and was following all these insane diets, and I never ended up getting these guaranteed results, mostly anchored around weight loss. Instead, unfortunately, I went to the doctors and they actually diagnosed me with a handful of chronic illnesses. So they diagnosed me with polycystic ovarian syndrome, hypothyroidism, pre-diabetic, and the risk of infertility at the ripe age of 22. Oof. It was tough. Not one doctor asked me what my lifestyle was like, what was I eating? What was I not eating? And by the way, I believe wholeheartedly in science and in medication, but I thought something was wrong. I was an athlete my whole life. And I was like, wait a minute, how did I just become unhealthy? The only changes I had made in my life, I was still very physically active. The only changes I had made were surrounding nutrition and what I was eating. So instead of medication, I said, I'm going to go figure this out. I'm going to go solve it myself because I'm dieting, I'm dieting, I'm dieting, and it's not working. And why did that actually make me sick? And I ended up enrolling in a school called the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. It's the world's largest nutrition program. Took classes on nights and weekends. Became what's called a certified health coach. But most importantly, learned the, the theology called bio-individuality, which means one person's food is another person's poison. Learned over 100 different dietary theories, or really the importance of food. Why do you eat broccoli? Why do you eat kale? Why, you know, really just understanding the foundations of nutrition. And I was actually able to cure myself of every single potential chronic illness, utilizing the power of food, food as medicine and food as fuel, i.e. food is our friend. And so when I went through that experience, it was so transformative. And I was like, wait a minute, food is so powerful. Why are we not all talking about food all the time? <laughs> actually. And so I started talking to all my friends, my family, my colleagues, my neighbors, et cetera. And every single person had their own relationship with food. Every single person had their own problem. No one knew where to turn. People are spending hours on the internet 
people are following these like random diets that they've seen on social media, there's no personalization. There's no support. There's no understanding of who, what, where, why, and when for me. And so I was like, okay, how do we solve this when, by the way, this is when I get animated because this is is the problem. But by the way, the number one, okay, the number one leading cause of death in the United States is due to poor diet. The number one, we are pouring hundreds of millions and billions of dollars into our healthcare system to fuel medication, to fuel band-aids effectively, which by the way, I'm not against, but the missing topic is how do we get to the root cause of the problem? How do we save our friends? How do we keep our family around longer instead of waiting for all of us just to get sick one day? And all of that comes from a healthy diet instead of a poor diet. So as you can see, I got very excited, very passionate. (laughs) Thanks to, you know, tons of other health coaches, nutritionists, and dietitians and found what they were missing was, you know, we have hundreds of thousands of nutrition experts in the United States. They, how do they get in front of customers easily? And so long-winded way of saying, I became obsessed with this idea of how do we help the hundreds of millions of Americans who struggle with diet-related disease, who struggle with weight loss, who struggle with an unhealthy relationship with food, and how do we connect them to the hundreds of thousands of nutrition experts who can help? And then how do we do that built on a brand that's culturally relevant for today? And of course, backed by technology so that we can scale and create a really rich and amazing customer experience. And so that was really the hypothesis that kept me up, kept me <laughs> selling, kept me motivated. And at some point I said, you know, this is the only problem I want to solve. There's no other conversation I really want to be in right now. And so it was just over-consuming. And I'm sure you hear that from tons of other founders where it's just like, it's the only thing you care about at the moment. And so, so you know, when it kind of took over my life, I said, I, you know, I, I really want to go solve this problem and I want to go help people. And and how do we, I want my friends and my family and everyone I know to be around longer. And if we can just start by helping people eat healthier, like that can really change, change the world. And with that, I quit my job and started building. <laughs> just like that. I know. That's a long answer. <laughs> no, that's, that's actually a perfect answer. I mean, because that's where a lot of these ideas come from. It, you know, it's a personal experience or it's an emotional connection. And those are the companies that are going to be, you know, they're going to have the most success because you they're they're rooted in a real problem and you're passionate about that problem. You you can't just build for the sake of building. You have to you have to have some sort of spark or some sort of trigger for for building. So you had this really great idea. Where did you start? What did you do first? Anyone who's listening, who's curious about building your company, the biggest thing that I like to share first from my personal experience is nothing happens overnight. Literally nothing happens (laughs) overnight. It might look like that in the media and we might see all these press articles that say, this company started yesterday and raised a hundred million dollars. That's not real. (laughs) That's important. That's a really important important. Yeah. Yeah. That, that doesn't happen. For me, you know, I, I, it was almost a year, you know, nine months of planning and planning in a lot of different ways. One, being fiscally responsible and financial planning. It's very hard depending on where you come from. But when you quit your job and you start building, how do you pay your bills? How do you pay your rent? How do you make sure, you know, you can still put food on the table, et cetera. And I had to map that out and I put a lot into savings to make sure I could get to a place where I was like, okay, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to live off savings until we raise money and until I can pay myself a salary and until we're generating revenue. So there was financial planning that went into it first and foremost, which is, okay, 
am I going to do this? Yes, but I'm going to not have a salary perhaps for some period of time. How do we get through that? And so first and foremost, I say to every founder, like make sure you have a financial plan because things always take a lot longer than you think they're going to. They're always a lot harder than you think they're going to. And the reality that you're going to wake up the next day and raise hundred million dollars is pretty unrealistic. So how do you get there? <laughs> so, so financial planning is first and foremost. Second, I did a lot of market research, a lot. I spoke to every single person I know, knew. I researched everything I could around the industry, both on the weight loss diet, diet-related disease category, but also on the nutrition industry and really made sure, is there a real problem statement? My biggest belief, so I'm, um, I do some advising for some early stage companies and my biggest belief and the, the number one signaling I look for for a company that I will advise or won't advise is are you solving a problem or an inconvenience? If you are solving a problem, that is the type of business that I am passionate about, which is there's a solution. If you're solving an inconvenience, personally, that's just not what I'm interested in. And, and by the way, there are some businesses that are solving inconveniences that are billion dollar businesses. Like that's a real world to be living in. It's sure not what I believe I was put on the world to do. So, so I spent a lot of time thinking about what's the problem I'm solving. And is that a real problem? And is that, is that, you know, another, another way of thinking about this that is spoken a lot about in the startup world is, are you a pill or are you a vitamin? Vitamins are important too, by the way, that's a nice to have, not a need to have. And how do you become a need to have? And how do you solve a problem that, that someone has to sign up for your service or else insert what? And so in our category around weight loss, around diet related disease, I mean, the core of what we're doing is you're not eating healthy. We'll say it positively. The core of what we're doing is if you eat healthy, you will feel better. You a healthier you is a happier you. A healthier you is a better person in the world. A healthier you is more productive at work. A healthier you is looking in the mirror and saying, I love myself. And all of those things. And that's not necessarily just a number on the scale. That's like how you feel and how you output in the world. So that became really important to me. Anyways, your question around planning. We did finance. I did financial planning, market research and planning, and then um, networking. So, so much about business building is who do you know and why and where the right resources to help you build. True company building is also all about team and who are you building with because a powerful team is the only thing that's going to get you far. So that was what I did for about nine months before I fully quit my job and started day one of Wellery. So the the financial plan is interesting that you bring that up because I think that a lot of founders sort of don't think about that till after they've either <laughs> either you've either started building or you've started maybe created a business case, but nobody once you start getting into the nitty gritty of the financials, it's sort of like you're forced to answer a lot of questions that you might not have otherwise answered. And it also I think that some people it, it's it's an afterthought, I think, because people don't understand the importance of it. But it's also something that people feel like they, they're not qualified. You know, like, I'm not a finance person, so I don't know that. So, I mean, we're talking about basic budgeting and, you know, how are you going to make money or, you know, how are you going to get through to when you make money, which is could be quite some time. And and those are you don't you don't need a finance degree to answer those questions. You, you need a business plan and you need a you need a solid financial plan to get through those some of those to answer those questions but that's that's really cool so so you did your you did your upfront work 
And then did you, what did you build first or how did you decide what part you were going to build? And then did, did you just turn it all on or was it sort of like a semi-manual thing for a while or how did you, how did, how did you get to where you are? It's a good question. So, so my background prior to starting Wallery has always been and was in sales and marketing. And I believe so much of business building is also about generating cash flow and revenue. And at the end of the day, like, can, will someone put down a credit card and pay for whatever it is you're selling? And so V1 of Wellery was cobbling together a website that I built myself on Wix.com, was finding a ton of white label solutions and piecing them together using Zapier and tools that I found online to create what would mimic effectively the experience of matching with a coach and then being able to message them. I believe so, I believe two things, which is one, so much of a founder's job at any point in the company is to be able to learn very quickly and to be able to actually just figure out what's on the Google, if you will. And so for anyone who's building today, I think it's really an advantageous time to be building because there's so many tools that are available to us for $8 a month, for $12 a month, whatever it is. And you can actually... If you're creative enough and you're happy enough, you can actually hack together an experience that doesn't have to be homegrown technology, doesn't have to be natively built just yet. Like prove out the simplest version of your MVP before you actually invest in dollars to build something yourself. And so V1 of Wellery was a Wix website, a ton of tools I found online that gave a customer the, the experience of what it would look like. And look, at the end of the day, at least in the category we're building, People are going to buy our product because of the problem we're solving. They're not going to buy our product, V1, because of what it actually, you know, what the experience looks like. If we can functionally do the job, which is if we can functionally provide you with a nutrition plan and we can functionally give you support through messaging, then that's a win over time and through a lot of, you know, investment and resources. Now the experience is a gorgeous, beautifully designed, easy to use mobile app on both iOS to so both um, iPhone and Android. But functionally, we kind of do the same thing that like my first Scotch. <laughs> yeah. And see, I think that's a really great practical example also for startup founders. I think some of them think that they have to build the whole thing and it needs to be beautiful at first. And you don't have to do that. You you, you could put together these pieces and, and see what happens. And it, for two reasons, one, it's more cost effective. And secondly, along the way, you may discover something that works or doesn't work. Or maybe by the right. way, I think our first product, like you want to talk about cash burn, if you will, but I think the first V1 of our product was like $160 a month. <laughs> That's going to pay for a lot of just, you know, like SAPs tools that we cobbled together. Yeah. Zapier in the earliest days, let me just say, Zapier should be your best friend. <laughs> That's, and for people who don't know what it is, what is Zapier? Z A P I E R dot com. Zapier is a a web-based tech solution that you can use to build webhooks, but between different tools. So if you simply wanted to send data from an email to a Google Sheet, Zapier is the connect connectivity tool that would take the data from your email and zap it to your Google Sheet. That's awesome. Yeah, that's perfect. And I and I think that so much can be done with this, you know, like these hobbled together tools and some amount of manual backend work and until you can start generating the revenue to build the next version that's prettier and what but but your yeah. point is functionally you've built almost the same thing just prove it out first prove it and then go prove it yeah yeah, yeah. Prove, out, prove out the problem you're solving and that customers actually care 
you know, they'll give you the inverse. If you go spend, you know, you have a pitch deck and you raise $10 million and you have zero customer data points and then you go build some app that no one's ever validated. Well, okay, you've just spent a few million dollars. You have a 20 person development team and customers don't want it because they don't care. (laughs) That's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Yes. That is a problem. And it happens. Widely. Yeah. It's a problem that, that happens, unfortunately, but, but it doesn't, you don't need to have that network of people that'll give you $10 million for a non-idea, but that's awesome. So I think that, so one thing that I've observed with some of the entrepreneurs I talk to is that they, they kind of feel unsure or insecure about some part of their responsibilities. Do you have anything that that you would be willing to share that early on, maybe you were a little insecure and you had to overcome it. And how did you overcome that aspect of, of what your new job role was? Yeah. I mean, the short, I would say is literally everything I've done. I've never done before. <laughs> I'm, I'm a first time founder. I'm, I'm not I'm embarrassed to, to say that. I'm very informed about that. I'm a first time CEO. I'm the first, it's the first time we're building Wellery. No one has ever done any one of my roles before, which is no one has ever been the CEO of Wellery at any stage of business. And so what that means, there's no, there's no, there's no roadmap. There is no job description necessarily. There's no, here's the seven ways to solve the problem. One of the things I learned early on is no one else also knows the answer, but you. And that is uh, hard to that's a hard muscle to build over time because in the earliest days, you just look for the answers from everyone else. But what you realize is, yes, no one's ever done this job. So yeah, I'm unsure about literally every new phase of the company because it's never existed before and I've never done it. But all I can do is go learn from every other founder or entrepreneur or operator who has done some version of where we are and then cobble together the best of the best opinions, answers, and use that to synthesize and create my own response. Nobody knows the business as well as I do. Nobody knows the answer as well as my gut does. But all I can do is say, I don't know. So let me go basically do my research and then use that research to figure out how to move forward. And what is your version of doing that research? I have a bunch of advisors that I go to who are multi-time, very successful founders who have built some of the largest consumer technology applications in the world. And so I go to them and say, okay, here's the problem we're dealing with today. How did you deal with this? Or what do you think? Or what have you seen? Or can you poke some holes? Are we thinking about this the right way or the wrong way? And so through advisors, through founder friends, and through my investors. And then, and that's pretty awesome that your network is that deep. Is, is there something, you know, I meet a lot of founders that maybe don't have that experienced or sort of notoriety in their in their network? Is there something that you could sort of offer to those people? I mean, it's super important, but also like some people don't know where to get started with that. Yeah. Let me start by saying I did not know any of these contacts before I started my company. So I actually think the most important thing for founders to do is to be comfortable with the uncomfortable, which means go on LinkedIn, go direct we, we are building in the most ripe of times. It's only going to get better, I'm sure. But every single person is one click away. Go DM whatever billionaire that you're actually excited about. If they say, hey, I'm working on a company. Can you give me advice? Go direct message someone. Go get in someone's Twitter inbox. Like every single person is out there. And you would be shocked at how open and willing 
people who have been through what you're going through are willing to share and speak with you. I'll tell you, I get DMs all the time from founders at much earlier stages than we're at saying, hey, I'm thinking about raising money or hey, I have an idea. Would you talk to me? And I say, sure. I respond all the time. I remember what it's like to be there. So I really just encourage anyone, if you don't have the network now, go make the network for yourself. Go DM someone and you'll be surprised at how many responses you get. <laughs> and and don't don't be embarrassed or upset if people don't answer or they say no. Actually, okay. a, a no is keep better trying. than a non-answer. Yeah. You just got to keep going because someone will eventually say yes. But okay. and, and it's fine. And you're not really bothering people. It's just they'll just ignore you if they're not interested. Yeah. And the other thing I'm saying is ask people you know in your network. So ask someone to introduce you to someone who will introduce you to someone who will introduce you to someone. The power of networking is, is really, really, really impactful. Yeah. And and I agree. It's it's not any easier than it could be right now with, with all of the different social media streams and LinkedIn, right? Yeah. Where, so you, you have founded a company and you said you advise other founders. Where do you think most founders go wrong when they're st- building or, or launching and growing their business? Yes, I, think, I would say two things. I think one, building off of assumptions instead of data is really dangerous. Mm-hmm. So again, we'll go back to the, you know, the example we used earlier, but, you know, building off of just a pitch deck and not having validated even the earliest of concepts is really, really dangerous. I saw, you know, when, when early stage companies who I advise come to me and they tell me things they're doing, my biggest ask is, how do you know? How do you know? Right. Did someone, did someone put down their credit card? Did someone click on that ad? Did someone give you feedback that a feature that was missing was X? How do you know? And so making sure that we're building products, that we're building solutions that people want, that are solving problems that are not just assumptions. I think that's one of the biggest early stage mistakes. And by the way, granted for anyone who's listening, like I recognize that in the early stage, your sample size is really small. And maybe the how do you know is, well, two people gave me this feedback. Well, two people is better than nothing. And so really making sure that every decision that's made is backed by data, I think is really important. And then the third, the second thing, rather, excuse me, the second thing I would say is understanding the path that you're on. So I think it's really important for any company who's starting out to understand, are you building what I'll categorize as a small business? And I don't mean in revenue. I mean, are you venture back or say this way? Are you venture-backed or are you not a venture-backed business? There are reasons to go one way or the other, and they're both wonderful. But the decision you make for one way or the other also very much dictates your path. It just dictates your speed. It affects the decisions that you make. And so really being intentional early on around saying how, what type of company are we building and why? And then just staying very clear on that path, I think is really important. And what I would say is understanding the venture capital ecosystem is also important. There's tons of literature online, tons of webinars. You can go Google this, but understanding why is your company venture backed? The question is not, do you need money or not, but why? Why will an investor care about the business you're building? Why will your business realistically make that investor a billion dollars? How do you get there? And if the answer is no, that's okay. And by the way, you can still build a $50 million business and that's amazing. 
but really understanding the needs and the resources and how that ladder is up into the larger financial ecosystem is really important from even the earliest days because that helps you stay focused on your path. Yeah, yeah. And I think one a little bit of a, a tangent to that that last bullet item there is that it's it's it does have to do with what will you give that VC, but mm-hmm. what are they going to do for you? I mean, are they going to, are they, do they understand your industry? Can they introduce you to people? Are they going to help with biz dev? Are they going to take an, an active role or are they a passive role? I mean, and different, different strategies work for different companies and different founders for different reasons. But I think that it's important to have early investors that can help you build the business and not just, I mean, passive money is great, but also, you know, you, you can go a little bit wrong if, if the investors don't understand the industry and, and can't dig in and help they you know, it's, it's, it's nice that someone will write you a hundred thousand dollar check, but only to a certain point if they can't help you build your business. So totally. And by the way, the wrong investors can be even worse. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of wrong, somewhat maybe even slimy investors out there. Any particular insights from being a female founder or do you not even see that as uh, a factor in your 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 particular journey? You know, it's really interesting because I have mixed feelings on it quite often, which is, is the question you asked is, do you see that in, as part of your journey? It's hard to not see it. It's who I am. Right. For sure. <laughs> I am a female. So point blank. On the flip side of it, I was on a I was on a panel recently and it was myself and and three other founders, and three other founders were male. And they were each asked a question. And then when it got to me, the moderator said, as a female founder, comma, question. <laughs> and so in that case, I was like, this is so infuriating. Just ask me as a founder. It has nothing to do with my gender. Or, you know, how I identify I'm a founder in the same regard as any other gender in this case. And so, you know, it depends on, it depends on the, it depends on the experience, right? So if I'm, a, if I'm on a panel, if I'm in an, if I'm in a portfolio, you know, I expect to be treated as any other founder in the portfolio or on the panel. On the flip side, you know, less than 3% of venture capital dollars goes to female founders. When I raised my first round of funding, the thing I was most proud of was, yes, we raised that money, but that I made an impact in that statistic. And if I can make an impact in that statistic, the founder who sees me says, well, if Emily can do it, I'm going to be inspired and I can do it. And the person who says her, and so over time, that statistic has to change. And the only way to change it, I believe, is to do it yourself to start. And so I am so proud to be a female founder and it's who I am. I don't ignore it because I'm not a male founder and I don't know what that experience is like. So when it comes to changing industries and when it comes to inspiring others and when it comes to creating a world that I want my children to grow up in, like that I'm really proud of. When it comes to comparing me to other founders, I better be treated equally or that's a problem. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I I think that's that that was sort of the heart of what I was getting at there is that it's more the inspiration or or giving another another young woman sort of the that inspiration or or you know the 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 willingness to try because I see someone like me who tried so I'm going to try and whatever comes of it at least I tried I I think it's I, I think from that 
point of view, it's it's really great. I mean, I've you know, I, I I'm conflicted like you are. I've you know, I've been a woman in tech and a female founder, and I never really considered that as part of my journey. It was just you know, I expected to be treated equally, and I've I had amazing mentors and bosses and and uh, teachers along the way. But you know, on the other hand, I do see and a, a lot of you know, women sort of saying, you know what, I didn't have the guts to do it, but you did it. So, you know, I, I think I'll give it a go. And I, I think, well, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> one thing, one thing that you just said, which is really interesting, which is you had the guts. I was at a dinner recently and we were asked a similar question around, how did you start a company? Why did you start a company? And one of the things that I've been um, feeling lately in who I, I, I was born like this, however I am, right? We all are. And I was born with the guts and given my upbringing, you know, my family's very entrepreneurial, but I was born with, let's say the guts to start a company. And I believe it's my responsibility to A, make change, B, make impact. But because I am who I am and I had the guts, just to use your words <laughs> to get here, like I believe it's my responsibility to inspire others to have the, the bravery or the guts or, you know, the, the wherewithal to say, I can relate to that feeling, that emotion, that drive, that energy. Like I have that too. I'm going to go do that. And the more females in the world who feel, okay, I have that little sense of fire. How do I fuel that? Well, let me right. look at what I do. I look at the other mentors and advisors ahead of me, by the way, majority of them aren't men right now, but there is a little bit of fire, a little bit of fire that they identify with. And I think, oh, I have that too. Okay. This is a path I can take. And yeah. so I think the more that we show that, the more generations before us can say, I have that too. And, and that's the path for me. Yeah. And I, I think that's really powerful. And I think it is that fire. It's just that, you know, you, you're born with it or you're not born with it. But yeah. sometimes it's hard to either step off the cliff or have someone shove you off the cliff and be like, I'm doing this. I'm not thinking about what I'm doing because then I wouldn't do it because I'd chicken out because, you know, yeah. too many what ifs that are happening in my brain. So just, just to kind of wrap up, is there something on the horizon that you're looking forward to uh, either personally or professionally that you could share with us today? Let's see. Personally, I'm headed to a founder summit this afternoon, which I'm really excited about. One of our investors is bringing all of the founders to Texas to get together for a couple of days to learn from each other, to be inspired, to talk about the things that, are, that we're all struggling with. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then professionally, professionally, we're at a really place, really exciting place in the company, which is we are so razor focused on growth and scale. And in the early days, there's so much that you have to be focused on. You have to figure out who your customer is and what's the product that you're building and what's your marketing strategy and what does your brand look like and what's your website and how do you find all these resources and how do you raise money and what does your team look like and all these things. And for the first time for us as a company, we actually have nailed all of those questions. It took us time, by the way, and a lot of resources <laughs> and a lot of ups and downs. But now we're razor focused on how do we now just grow? And that sense of clarity and that like bullseye target is really exciting and gets me up every every morning. They're like, that's the target we need to hit. Nothing else matters because we've solved all the other problems. We now just need to get there. And that's a really special place, I think, to be in. And I feel really grateful that 
we've gotten to this this point and now you know have a lot of goals that we got to hit <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome well thank you so much for joining me today and congratulations on all your success and i can't wait to see where wellery keeps going i i think it's a great tool and i think that lots and lots and lots of people will benefit from from using the app it sounds super easy reduce the friction and at the end of the day you're going to feel better so uh, congratulations that's awesome and thank you so much for being with me today Thank you so much for having me. I really am humbled that you care and you ask me these questions. And if I can put a plug in, if anyone out there wants to lose weight or wants to use food to feel your healthiest, sign up at wellery.com, W-E-L-L-O-R-Y.com. Find us in the App Store, available on iPhone or Android. And use promo code BFF for 50% off your first month. Awesome. Love it. Thank you. Have a great one. 